0: Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to The Speaker Lab Podcast. So good to have you here with us today on episode 325. We've got a great show for you as we're going to be talking with Roy Savio, who is the event planner and learning program manager for the Northwest Public Power Association. Now, this episode really goes hand in hand with our last episode, episode 324, with Brandon Edmondson from Premier Speakers Bureau, which if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go check that out. And so in that conversation, we looked at the future of the speaking industry from an event's perspective, from a speaker's perspective. And in this episode today, we're going to be looking at it from an event planner's point of view. So Roy and I recap how navigating this unique circumstances that we've all faced this year, uh, especially for him as he stepped into this new role with his organization. We discuss what he's looking for in speakers, especially as we've moved into 2021. And near the end of the conversation, we talk about the things that speakers do and don't do that factor into whether. He books them for work in the future. He shares some really practical insights on this that you do not want to miss. So, if you've ever wanted to get inside the mind of an event planner, you're going to really enjoy this episode. So, let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Roy Savios of working with event planners. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Today we are joined by Roy Savios. Did I get that right?
1: That sounds pretty cool. Wow, close. man, that's, so, that I'm,
0: that's not all the confidence from you. Uh, but Roy is a uh, an event planner, program manager for the Northwest Public Power Association. So works with a, a lot of speakers uh, of all different calibers, all different sizes, all different size events throughout the course of the year. So we're going to be talking about uh, his role as an event planner, as he interacts with, works with speakers, but also uh, in the weird new event space that we're in with virtual, what things are looking like, how he's thinking about going into the new year. Uh, so Roy, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So uh, again, I, I gave a, a rough overview there. Why, why don't you give us a little bit more on what your role is, what your title is, and what you do with your association? Sure.
1: Uh, so uh, I'll start with uh, the, the association. So Northwest Public Power Association has been around for about 80 years. And um, we are uh, very focused in on our members who are public power utilities and, and cooperatives. And uh, there's quite a few of those in the United States, but our area of focus is in the Northwest, and uh, uh, also going into Alaska and and uh, down to California and even Arizona as well. So we have a pretty pretty broad uh, area that we cover. But uh, we do two things. One is um, we we represent them. Uh, we re- represent our members in in Washington D.C. and in, in local legislatures, but my area of focus is the other branch of the business, which is um, connecting training programs for our members. So I'm a learning program manager, and uh, I set up uh, uh, any number of trainings throughout the year for our members, either regional uh, events or uh, specific to particular member utilities as well. And then, um, and, and those could be big or small. So I, I had a webinar earlier with 12 people today mm-hmm. and we we have other events with several hundred people as well. So some of our bigger conferences and, and uh, kind of tent pole meetings where we have a, a, a keynote speaker or multiple speakers. Um, but the bread and butter is usually these smaller events that are more, they're, they're really training events, but we have a lot of speakers and instructors that, uh, that we connect with our members uh, as, as part of those.
0: Now, and I know in a, a uh, this current year, we're recording this at the end of, of 2020, it's been obviously a, a weird year, so all bets are off. But in normal years, uh, how many events are you typically putting on? It sounds like they range you know, significantly in, in size and scope, but how many events uh, and speakers are you typically working with on, on any given year?
1: Uh, it's typically about 150 or so. and, events? and To be honest, uh, events, yes. Wow. Yes. Um, and, and, and to be honest, um, you know, I started here at the very beginning of the pandemic. Okay. So I've only been doing um, our, our uh, webinar events. I, I have had previous experience at, at Yahoo and, and Verizon Media okay. um, with, with pretty large uh, events and so forth. But here it's been all webinar uh, focused so far.
0: All right. Out of curiosity, you mentioned Yahoo, Verizon. What were you were you doing the similar type of role there as far as being in the event space and, and internal events where you're bringing in outside speakers?
1: I, I was a I was a learning program manager there, but it was actually I was doing a lot of the the facilitating myself and the, okay. the uh, instructional design, and then um, um, the the uh, leading classes uh, myself. But we did also book. Larger events for our internal sales uh, force. So we had people, um, you know, uh, like we, I remember we had uh, uh, Peyton Manning mm-hmm. come out and, and speak. So we, we've had pretty large events
0: yeah. there. Very cool. So the the uh, it sounds like in in your role doing if, if on an average year you do 150 events. How many of those are, are where you're bringing in outside speakers of you know whether Peyton Manning, Stature or or much much smaller scale versus those that are just uh, like yourself. I'm gonna, we're gonna have someone in house, someone internally who's who's going to be presenting. How often are you bringing in outside speakers?
1: So here at NWPPA, we're we're doing exclusively outside speakers. So okay. we have a, a whole number of them that we work with frequently, uh, but we also bring on new ones or new to us or new to our members um, as well throughout the year. But often it's um, it's people that we have worked with before and that we 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 uh, you know we know their work. And also, you know, one of the things that's important to us is uh, finding instructors and speakers that have a background in public utilities as mm-hmm. much as possible um i mean it's a pretty it's a, it's kind of a small niche but uh it, but it's a very unique world in a, yeah. in in itself so uh, we oftentimes work with with uh, people that have had that kind of background, even if their topic that they're speaking about isn't directly related to, to public power. If they have that background, that's something that, that we look for. So it's exclusively um, outside uh, speakers and, and instructors at this point.
0: And so, whenever you are whenever you are looking for a speaker for the the context of these 150 events, uh, can you give us kind of a um, uh, some idea of what type of speakers are you looking for? Meaning, you're going to have some that are, are like a Peyton Manning that's going to be more of a motivational They the someone like a Peyton is less necessarily even about the content, although he is a very good communicator, and more just about he's going to put butts in seats. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you may have uh, you know we're looking for a, a very specific you know, trainer of some form that's going to be a, you know, an all day or a half day thing, or, you know, a breakout presenter, that's a, a 45 or 60 minute, you know, training on a, a specific topic, or, you know, some other motivational speaker, uh, or keynote of some form. So what types of speakers and formats are you typically looking for?
1: Well, right now, it's it's certainly, as you know, it's it's, it's really online, for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, so we're looking for people that have a um, not, not even a comfort doing that but a willingness to do that so Mm -hmm. early on in the pandemic you know it was a little bit harder to find people weren't sure how long we would be in that world and and um and so we we found that some of our instructors and and speakers would uh would would prefer to wait it out and see um if if they're able to go into that you know in-person format again uh but we just haven't haven't had that happen so um we're looking for people that are comfortable doing a, a virtual setting uh, or transitioning their, their normal work into a virtual environment. And we we certainly help with that as much as we can. Um, but also it goes back to with our organization, really trying to find those people that have uh, that experience and background in in public power. Again, even if their topic isn't um, specific to public power if they have that they can understand the perspective of our, of our audience it just leads to that credibility uh in, you know right up front yeah and um and it, it it just keeps uh keeps our members i think more engaged so in general um the other area is uh, a dynamic speaker somebody that uh, that can can make it and Still, you know, present a very compelling uh, story within this virtual space, and so some of some of them I'm I'm finding uh, that are easiest to work with, or that I enjoy working with the most, are ones that really are embracing the technology and the platform and figuring out ways to make their story still resonate and shine in a different way than than they otherwise would
0: would. So if you're working on 150 events, you know, give or take in the, in the course of a year, are all of those uh, are you always looking for, for paid speakers or some of those you're looking for free speakers or you don't have a budget for some of the smaller ones or how does, how does uh, budget affect different events?
1: Budget definitely uh, affects um, affects our events too. So we are a not not for profit organization. So in general, I mean, you can just imagine, um, we have a, a much different budget than, than a, say a, a typical corporation.
0: Yahoo or um, Verizon.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, however, it's really about, we're, we're still trying to find the best value for, for our associate members, our members, because yeah. they want that. And we, we need to fill the, the seats, so to speak, but, um, we need to do it at a, at probably a, uh, a slightly reduced uh, rate than some speakers are 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 um, are used to now with that being said we we typically do almost all of our events as paid uh paid events for for the speakers so um, on occasion we'll we'll ask uh, uh, a member of ours to perhaps moderate a panel discussion or something like yeah. that where we don't necessarily you know, have have a budget, but uh, but we, we generally have a, a speaker's budget for, for all of our events.
0: I want to highlight something you said there that, you know, even though budgets may range, you know, vastly depending on the the event, that uh, as an event planner who hires, you know, perhaps hundreds of speakers over the course of a couple of years, you still are looking for quality and value, right? Uh, and so there, there's kind of this misconception that, well, if, a, if an event has a smaller budget, that they are expecting to get a crappy speaker. No, no, that's not the case at all. Like even if you have, you know, a thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars, even a couple hundred dollars to spend on an invest in a speaker, it doesn't mean that you're going, well, that's all we have to work with. So we fully expect to to get a bad speaker. It's This is true with speakers. It's true with anything. If I go out to eat and I got, I got, I got five bucks to work with. It doesn't mean that I'm expecting crap. I like, I want to get the best possible value for that $5 I'm going to spend on food. And so the same thing is true for speakers is that there's a real sweet spot for speakers, especially early on and getting started where you can be a. Great, kind of, you know, quote unquote undiscovered speaker, up and coming speaker who's really, really good and kind of somewhat under the radar and charges a little bit on the, the lower side. And it's just a great value for events and for event planners. And that's the type of speaker that events want to work with time and time and time again. Because so I'm guessing in, in the course of 150 events that you're booking, you're not probably, I assume you're not booking 150 unique speakers. You're probably having, you know, several repeats in there that may have, you know, different topics or different audiences. So of the, the 150 events, how many speakers would you say you're, you're booking in an, in an average year?
1: Oh, that's, well, you're absolutely right. We use, uh, we go to the well often and, and use many of the same, same speakers. Uh, I have a couple of counterparts uh, that manage different aspects of the program uh, with me. So between all of us, I, w- I would say that we have probably uh, 20 regulars, and then, um, for the large, for the keynote type uh, events, of so these larger events, um, you know, those are usually one-off speakers yeah. and and uh, don't often repeat. So you could you could look at you know four or five of those a year. But in general, we we we, you know, go back to uh, to the same you know, known quantities. However, we're always looking for new. Um, you know, new, new talents and new perspectives uh, 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 to bring in as well.
0: So I want to talk about that for a second. It's a, it's a big challenge for, for speakers is there are thousands of speakers listening right now who are going, I want to get on Roy and every other Roy's radar. And there's that fine line that we walk and, and try to balance of, I want to get on your radar. I want to um, be persistent, but not annoying or pushy. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen both sides of it. There are speakers who have just been a pain in the butt and you've just mentally put them in the category of not working with them ever. And some that have been, you know, they sent you maybe a cold email and they were on your radar and they, the way they approached it was good. So what have you seen that works when you go to the well, when you're looking for new speakers, what's a good way to get on your radar uh, without being annoying, whether that's through a referral, an introduction, through other colleagues or other event planners or other speakers, or someone that just like a completely cold introduction, how, how do we get on your radar?
1: Yeah. So me personally, I don't often respond to a cold introduction. I'm not opposed to it. I know that that's a part of, of any business. I mean, you've got to get yourself out there. So I'm definitely not opposed to it. I I just don't generally um, unless it hits at the exact right moment for me, I'm, I'm probably going to, to ignore it. With that being said, I mean, again, um, you, you have to do what you have to do. And, and, Maybe that you know, whatever the, the percentage is that those work, um, maybe it's good enough for you. but yeah. in general, I tend to um, uh, find most of my newer speakers through uh, through a network of, of other event planners or other associations. Um, and, and also through our members as well, because our, our members are these utilities, big and small, and uh, they, they oftentimes have their own training uh, departments and event uh, 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 planners as well. And they will uh, bring in somebody or discover somebody and, and then kind of share that out uh, to, to, uh, to their network. And that's how we find a lot of them. And then also, referrals directly from one speaker of another, I mm-hmm. think, is always good. Because if I really like a particular speaker, and they tell me, you know, there's uh, this other speaker that, that talks about such and such topic um, that I don't ne- normally speak about, uh, but I've heard them speak. I was at a conference with them and I heard them. They're fantastic. I would, I would reach out to them. That holds a lot of weight for, for me. And mm-hmm. I, I usually will will explore those types of opportunities.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of great lessons there that I hope speakers catch and, and realize. Like one of the things you, you mentioned there at the end was the referrals from other speakers. So, you know, we first got connected through, uh, through Eric Ream and Eric has been on the podcast numerous times. does a lot of coaching with our students. So shout out to Eric. But, uh, you know, so, so Eric, I assume does multiple events with you and has a good rapport and relationship with you. And so if, if Eric wants to continue to have a good relationship with you, so it's in his best interest to continue to find other speakers for you that makes your job and makes your life easier. And so if, if Eric recommends, you know, whoever, and they show up and they do a great job, it makes Eric look good. And you're going, yeah. hey, who else, Eric, do you got? And then also, how do I keep booking Eric? How do I keep booking him? Uh, because again, it's a it's a, it's a win win uh, situation there. So it also sounds like um, that you you go sometimes just to your members. So I think about, for example, years ago, my dad was a marketing director at a utility company. I know nothing about utility companies, but Mm -hmm. I had a very indirect relationship there that I may be able to go to him. And and even though he may not be directly responsible for hiring speakers, he may know of someone who is, and can at least point me Mm -hmm. to that person. And so it's important just to, to make sure in your own, any speaker in your own network, you the, your mom, your dad, your coworkers, colleagues, friends, best friend, neighbors, they may not hire speakers but they may know someone who does and can recommend and refer you there. Uh, so whenever a speaker is reaching out to you whether that's through, you know, a referral or introduction or however, again, there's kind of that fine line of like okay, we have at least some warm connection here and introduction, but like you said, if you're booking 150 events in a year, that is thousands of moving pieces. And uh, you may be working on this specific event where you're looking for that specific speaker, this one, you know, a few days out of the entire year. So how does this speaker again, kind of balance the 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 dance of staying top of mind with you, uh, encouraging you to make a decision, but at the same time, not not being a pain in the butt for you? Hey friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? If your answer is, I I have no idea, or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start, let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is the slash coach.
1: Well, so if, if you're an established, uh, person that I've worked with before, I love to hear new things that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even if it doesn't make sense to my audience at the moment, it, 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 uh, it sparks a lot of creativity, I think to hear, uh, you know, if an Eric Ream says, uh, which we actually recently had this conversation, he was telling me about, um, one of his his uh, his uh, series that he has, um, and how it related to a different series that we were running with him already, and to me it, it was it was perfect timing. It made really good sense to run it in at the beginning of 2021, and and we're we're moving ahead and doing that. So if I if 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 you tell me if you just keep me informed on what you're up to, mm-hmm. what other people are paying you to do that sparks a lot of uh uh, ideas with me too because we do have we have we have to go by what our members need and and what the current topic and and needs are but we also have an opportunity to to put something out there and and say hey we've heard about this program that that the speaker does is that something that you're interested in and I, i you know a lot of times people uh, respond to that and, and are, are interested. And that's how we kind of blossom into a little bit, uh, uh, wider, uh, topic areas. And, I sh- and I, uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say also, um, that, that hearing directly from our members about their needs, not necessarily with a solution, um, uh, in mind already but if they're saying hey we're, we're we have a customer service team that is uh you know they're it's really hard for them to be working at home right now they're all yeah. stuck at home during the pandemic this is an issue well then i could pull from from my my kind of mental list of all the speakers that i've i've talked to i can uh, i can i can match that up and you know find somebody that can talk to that type of of subject so it, it comes not only from, these ideas are coming not just from the speakers telling me what they're working on, but but from our members and, and uh, you know, what's going on in their world right right then. But I wouldn't know, I wouldn't have that mental list of people that I could go to if I wasn't hearing from them regularly. So I do appreciate hearing, hearing what people are up to, even if it's going to be way down the line that we're going to we're going to come circle back to it, it it's right. it's important to kind of have that in my pocket
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point that, you know, so often we remind speakers that you're, you're in a long-term relationship business and that that takes time. So they may send some emails, you may have a quick call or whatever. A lot of it's just planting seeds that you, uh, that a speaker may not see anything happening. I'm not getting a response from the event planner. I'm not hearing from them or talking to them, but something may all of a sudden come across where, again, you had a conversation with a member and like, Hey, we have a, you know, here's a need. Oh yeah. I got an email or I had a conversation or I heard of someone, you know, a month or two ago. Let me look up that speaker. All of a sudden, I do have a need that this would be a good fit for, and it doesn't mean nothing has mm-hmm. happened. Uh, it just sometimes it takes time, and so having again that that long term perspective. So, I want to shift gears for a second. Whenever you are again, you've worked with a lot of different speakers at a lot of different levels. Uh, we both know that there are speakers who have amazing content and are great on the delivery side, but uh, you would not want to work with them again. And so, I'm mm-hmm. curious: what are the things that speakers do or don't do aside from the content that? Uh, makes you want to or not want to work with them again. Well, so
1: I think communication mm-hmm. is so important, and that's upfront communication. So that's understanding expectations on on all you know between all parties, mm-hmm. and executing on those expectations is you know as, as best as possible. So if I I've worked with with um, with speakers, and and this happens. All over business, of course. But if if you, if there's a communication breakdown where um, there's a misunderstanding, that that's one thing. But if it's a consistent thing and you you can't really feel like you can rely on 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 uh, them meeting expectations, that to me is is what uh, that's the biggest roadblock to working with me again. Is yeah. if we have. Uh, a series of misunderstandings and miscommunications now that can always be worked on. And there's always reasons or not always, but sometimes there's reasons and it's totally legitimate. And like, I'll I'll make communication mistakes too. So nobody's perfect. So I wouldn't say that it's like a one strike and you're out, but, but that's, that's one area. The other thing, and this is very technical, but if, if, uh, if we book somebody for 90 minutes it, it's so important to hit that 90 minute timing mm-hmm. or at least close. like I, if, if you want to close a little bit early, that's okay. Yeah, but if you go over by a few minutes, that's also okay. you know, but I love to to really have somebody focus in on that closing time and and hitting that. And it's really because our our members are joining for and, and they're busy people as well. Mm -hmm. They're joining for a very specific uh, 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 time and devote, you know, carving out of their schedule for that. And um, as even as great as the topic is, and everybody's having a great time when you, when you see that you're going past your time, it, it, it can really, you know, ruin your day. So we hear, we we ask our members after every event, you know, for feedback. And that's one of the things that I hear as, you know, they went 20 minutes over and, you know, it was great, but, I, I tuned out and and I can't do it. So I wouldn't say that I wouldn't work with that person again, if that happened, but I would definitely bring it to their attention and and say that that's really important for, for our members to to try to hit that, that timing.
0: Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing you say is, is that do what you say you're going to do. And if you can't like communicate that, you know, so if, 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 if you say you're going to go, you know, 60 minutes or 90 minutes, whatever, like do that. And if for some reason you're anticipating, it's going to be a little bit shorter, a little bit longer, or, uh, there's some conflict with the date or, or whatever it may be like just proactively over communicate those things. Because like we were touching on earlier, if you're working on a 150 different events throughout the course of a year, uh, that's multiplied out by again, thousands of moving pieces for every single event and a speaker is just one small part important part but small part of all of those moving pieces so the easier a speaker can make your life roy the event planner the more likely you're going to want to be like hey their content was good enough but they were so good to work with that i want to continue to work with them in the future would that would that be fair
1: yeah i i think so too and and one of the things that uh you know, and a more positive thing about wanting to work with somebody again, is if I see them, um, you know, I'll see them over the course of a year, you know, uh, several times. And especially in this webinar day and age right now, uh, the virtual stage, I love to see a speaker um, evolve. Mm-hmm. And not and and of course not just with their their storytelling and and, and their content, but how they how they produce that. So uh, we were talking about Eric Rehm earlier. He I've noticed him over over the course of the year. He's he added you know better microphones. He added uh, a better camera. He added lighting. Um, he has multi camera angles, and mm-hmm. each one of these, it's like time. There's one new addition, and it makes it that much better. And that much more engaging and, and really more polished. So um if if I see an instructor or, or speaker working and, and and aware of that, that gives me a lot of hope for, for continually booking them because I know they're always aware of that and, and, and doing their best to to improve the situation. Um because I mean with there's even a, a fantastic presenter like Eric reem there's always room. For, to improve. Right? right. So that's one area is, uh, is that production value. If, if you can improve that, I think it, it, it goes a long way.
0: And that's uh, such a, a great point there that it sounds like the, the more serious the speaker takes their, their business, uh, the more serious you take the speaker that, Hey, this, this person's getting better. Each time I see them, their production values and improving their communications, improving. Uh, I'm a lot more likely to want to work with them more and more uh, in the future. So again, a a really important note for speakers to to pay attention to there. Now I want to talk about virtual for a second. It sounds like when you came into the role that the, Maybe you were hired primarily to do virtual, and now it's the only thing. Uh, so how are you kind of thinking about long term here? Because there are uh, you know there's certainly zoom fatigue and and uh, I hear it from uh, event planners and speakers and audience members that some of them are like, hey, this is this is great. You know, there's certainly pros to it, but there's also like mm-hmm. it's not the same as being together in person and and giving hugs and and handshakes and high fives. So how are you thinking about events long term when part of the challenge is you 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 can only plan so far how? Uh, as we've all learned Mm -hmm. that uh, the idea of doing something in in three months from now or six months from now seems feasible, but at the same time, uh, you know, again, we're recording this at the end of 2020 and uh, whenever March started to unfold, none of us thought we'd still be in the same predicament uh, at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So how are you thinking about events long-term and and where does, where does virtual fit into that?
1: Well, I, I see, um, I, I Actually, I mean, I don't see an end in sight, of course, for, for where we're at right now, but I do see eventually um, there being some kind of transition where there's hybrid events mm-hmm. for a period of time. And I say that because in, in speaking with our members and, and, and others, um, you know, we cover, we cover uh, the Northwest in some states like uh, Washington they're very it's very regulated what can be done and um uh you know in the in the and during the pandemic and you know um there's a lot more guidelines and and standards whereas uh say Idaho right next next door they have a, a little bit more of an open um availability and and you know less stringent uh uh, uh rules around that and so I think just regionally, we're gonna to have to deal with different transitions there, but then also budget wise for, for, um, for our members and, and probably for most businesses, uh, just being able to go ahead and, and put in a large budget for travel might not be something immediate, even after we're, we're kind of clearing this pandemic. It might be several months or even until the next fiscal year Mm -hmm. before things look better uh, in terms of travel budget and sending people to these events and so forth. So I I anticipate a lot of hybrid events where we we try to do it in person for those that can attend and feel safe and comfortable and can follow the the state and local guidelines and the guidelines of um, the particular utilities uh, themselves but we will also have a, a component in there for people to attend virtually as well. So I anticipate that that's going to be a while. And that's going to be a struggle too, because as you know, I mean, it's, it's much, the dynamic is so much different speaking mm-hmm. where you can see people and get the reactions in real time, right in front of you compared to uh uh, uh Being uh, virtual, where you don't necessarily even, you know, they may not have their webcam on or what have you, um, or it may just not be feasible to be able to see everybody. So that's going to be, I think, a difficult transition. Um, But no matter what, even when we get back to in person events, um, which uh, I'm very much looking forward to, I think everybody is, even when we're in a better place there, I think there are, there's, going to be more uh web-based events than there had been pre-pandemic mm-hmm. i think as as much as people are tired of it um uh, there are those like you mentioned there's real conveniences of it yeah. in terms of of uh uh making it more available to to more people um with with without you know budget considerations and travel considerations and so forth so i think that there, it's here to stay but the mix of it is is um, initially going to be a hybrid model and then uh and then more in-person events, but but with still plenty of webinar events as well.
0: Yeah. No, it sounds like there are. Uh, if anything, post-pandemic, that there may even be more event opportunities for speakers than there were pre. Meaning that virtual has become a real thing. Virtual is not going anywhere. Live in-person events will continue to come back. Hybrid events becomes a, a real thing. So it just create it creates more opportunities. Where as before, maybe the idea of um, hey, we have this need, but you know we don't have the bells and whistles or resources to put on a live event uh, before would have been the thinking. And now it's like hey, let's let's do something virtual. And we've we've tested it. People are used to it. We know how this works. Uh, and so you may be more likely to pull the trigger on hiring a speaker virtually for something, again, even post pandemic, because you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a real viable option. So, uh, so that's certainly, uh, again, encouraging for, for speakers. So, uh, Roy, this has been really helpful, man. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, if people want to reach out to you or, or, or follow up with you in any way, uh, what's the, what's the best way to find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or, uh, you, you can reach out to me. Um, I'll, I will give my email address, but no, you don't have that, to do that. Uh,
0: and I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give the caveat for you. Okay. I always say this whenever event planners or anybody in the space is here, listen, uh, be respectful. Don't pester him. Don't bother Roy. Uh, he, he may or may not be looking for a speaker like you. So, uh, again, you're, you're more than welcome to go at your email address. You certainly don't have uh, to LinkedIn is well. Let's, let's,
1: let's do this. Let, let's say, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Roy Savayas. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, if you have uh, you know, if, if you have something you want to share with me, uh, some ideas that you have, please put it out there. Just know that I might, uh, you know, it may be, um, uh, some time before, uh, you hear back from me, but, um, uh, I'm always, again, looking for, for new opportunities. And if you have any kind of background in public utilities, even if your topic area of choice is, is far removed from that, I would very much, uh, like to, like to hear from you because, uh, Again, we're about connecting our members with, with uh, great content and great speakers and, uh, and great instruction. So uh, that's, that's my job, and I, I want to continue to make that happen.
0: Awesome. Roy, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Thank you, Grant. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps, it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. And again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. we got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.